Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Now you sound good. Okay, check, check. Yeah. One, two, one, two. Hey, just good. because I don't talk really loud. Check, one. I just want to know. You can have lots you of fun. Hear me. Check, two. <laughs> Beautiful. The much we can do. Right. Check, three. three. And take it with me. And you guys want to get more coffee? <laughs> I feel like you're like naturally like the adult in the room, like you know. He has his moments, though. Believe me, it's he, the two of you. But no, uh, he is definitely the adult. Start this dude. Hey, really? Yeah. We got you, Dan. Well, the three oldest are sitting in front of you. The two youngest are in the back. You know it. How about that, Heather, Dan. Hi, what's up? We welcome Nick Carter. Yeah. Hi. We welcome Kevin. Thank we welcome you. AJ. Hello. We Hello. welcome Brian. We welcome Howie. Yes. Hey. Backstreet Boys in the studio. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. They're back. Oh, my God. We're back again. Damn. We're back. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. right. We got to switch it up. How many people on a daily basis or how many people today alone have gone to you? Backstreet's back. All right. A lot. Every news article I see is that. A few. Every, every news yes. article. Like, Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back. Exclamation point. Again. But how does that make you feel? I mean, you guys have like, those couple <laughs> words have really etched itself into the history of pop culture. We, it works for us. You know, 25 years <laughs> when we came out with that song a long time ago, we, we kind of were like trying to do manifest destiny. There you go. There you I go. Got it. It but now it's our curse. Except for when they think they've been gone. Yeah, for like a long time. And like, we've been going 25 years nonstop. So it's like yeah. Backstreet Boys never left. No. We've been here. Don't all call the time. it a comeback. It's a trick. We've been here for years. <laughs> but right. it has been a minute since we've gotten new music. Don't go breaking Absolutely. my heart. Five it's years. only True. been five years That's since we dropped way. a new single <laughs> between times. That's a long but, time. Yeah. But Pay let's be honest, when we dropped that last single, it didn't have the the oomph and the the buzz that we have yeah. currently. Like right. there's a lot of buzz out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Did I kind of say that? What do you think is giving you that buzz? And why was now the right time? I think Vegas contributes a little bit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been out there for over a year now. Um had I a think lot that of shows. Helped. I think our collaboration with Florida Georgia Line mm-hmm. uh, last year, that single which went number one on country radio. AJ likes AJ likes to say when we did This Is the End uh, with Seth Seth yeah, Rogan, that really kinda kicked it off. That's, that that's kicked true. it off. That was the jumping really off. Resurgence point. of the nineties. Yeah. So thank you. Coming Seth. Back. Thank you, Seth, for uh, taking a chance on us, buddy. It was a hundred right moves. And yes. you know what? It's good timing. You know, good timing. I mean, I think good music goes a long way. And, you know, we're fans of good music. We've been, hopefully we've been doing good music for a long, long time that, you, you know, people are still listening to. But it's nice to, it's nice to give somebody something new and it's nice to sing something fresh mm-hmm. because it kind of gets old singing, tell me why, you know. No, it doesn't. It like, never well, gets old. It never gets old. Come no. on now. For you guys, no, it doesn't. I mean, when you're doing the Vegas residency, you're doing show after show after show, and these are songs that you've already performed thousands of times. Mm -hmm. How do you keep it fresh? Millions. A lot of times, actually, it's it's when we get to design a new show and new, you know, new choreography or uh, you know, new music renditions. uh, uh, That's kind of like what really. Like it excites it for us, you know, just finding new ways to make it fresh. But every single time we get on stage and we're performing, honestly, I really don't get tired of it. And our fans, you could see on their faces that they love those songs. So then it kind of just energizes us. They definitely give us the energy, seeing it on their faces, seeing them, you know, taking a trip down memory lane with us, you know, bring them back to memories that they had in their youth. What what music does for people and stuff like that is as well as sometimes 
I think just looking at each other and the fact that we sang this song so many times that if one person messes up, it just totally adds like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Cracking up on each other. It just, you know, kind of keeps it fresh. Like, you forgot the words. You want the F up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're all taking yeah, we bets pre-show who's going to mess up tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, Who's winning so far? Who messes up the most? Probably me. Over trouble. Is it a mess up because you get so comfortable? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's the times when you don't when you don't like take those butterflies that come into the stomach and say so like, yeah. ah, I ain't gonna listen to that today. I got this, you know. And then also next thing you like, you bust your butt on stage <laughs> or whatever. But one of the Backstreet Boy fans, I mean, you, you have so many, obviously. One of them who knows every dance move you've ever done, all the choreography. They reached out and they wanted to know about like the remixes, right? Because when how you build your set list is pretty unique, and you you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. You know that keeps it fresh. Who takes lead on that, or is it purely collaborative? It's a collaborative effort yeah, for and sure. With, you know, with our production designers, our uh, directors, and our shows and. Um, yeah, and, and us as well. You know, we'll, we'll get inspired by a song we hear, whether it's an EDM song or, um, you know, something out there from a country version. You know, those c- kind of things inspire us to, to kind of try something new. Like for, um, <clears throat> is it Backstreet's Back? We dropped that Madonna groove in yep. there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, four minutes to say in the world? That was, that was actually back for the last tour. That, yeah, was the last tour? But we yeah. kept it in yeah. for the yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Talking about Richmond about so that. we'll drop different beats underneath our original melody and beats and we'll like throw little remixes on it to freshen it up but we don't want to steer too far away from the original because you know as a fan of music like when i go see prince you know i don't want to hear a remix of purple rain i want to hear it like (laughs) it was on the album right so yeah rest his soul we miss you but yeah don't go breaking my heart what was it like working with rabel on it and how did this record actually come to be? Like, did they present it to you finished? Did you hear the lyrics and add to it? Tell me the story. We picked a song out of a hat, <laughs> and it just happened to work. Yeah. So uh, one of the, so Rabel was a writer on He's that. He's so talented. Yeah, he, uh, I love his voice. He was singing the demo. Okay. Um, but the, cool. the producer, Stuart Crichton, came to see our show in Vegas, and he was like, guys, I'm inspired after the show. He's like, I'm so inspired. I'm going to go back into the lab. And so then what? I don't know. Three weeks mm-hmm. later, he sent us four songs and it was one of them. And immediately yeah. this one stood out. Like, yeah. It stood out to us. What was it that stood out? Um, well, number one, the, the melody. And and then in the second verse, when that when that groove drops in, mm-hmm. um, it's dynamic. And I love the I'm a I'm an '80s kid, so I totally. love the synth sounds that are on it. Cool. And um, yeah, and the hook, it was just I wanted to hear it again immediately, and that's always a good sign. That synth to me, I was like totally in like in this Stranger Things mode. I was like watching like episode after episode every night and it totally I was like this is Stranger Things. It's on the soundtrack. Subliminal messages. Submit it somehow or another. But I mean too honestly like when we when we hear demos or we hear song submissions or somebody writes something like it's I mean, we've been doing this for so long that it's easy for us to immediately like connect and know like, oh yeah. my gosh, that that can be us like without reaching too far, without being something that we're not. We're, you know, we just, we want to evolve. We want to grow. We want to challenge ourselves. But at the same time, it's, you know, we have been doing this for so long that it's like, it's easy to hear yourself on, you know, we want to make it better than the demo. Like you were talking about last time, you know, you hear that demo and it's like, sometimes you get demoitis or you want it to sound just like that. But when you put five different voices on it, it's 
going to sound inevitably like the Backstreet Boys, you know, and sometimes that works and sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. But with Don't Go Breaking My Heart, it was just, it's one of those things. You hear that hook and you just know that we're not trying to be anything that we're not. We're just kind of in our own lane. Yeah. But it's, the production is current enough to, to sound like what everything else sounds mm-hmm. like, but even different than today's radio. But so, it, it's still it's nostalgic hit. too. Yep. In a, yeah, in a way. Some people in say a way. Back. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Very much transported. Yeah. How many records exist that you put your voice on that have never seen the Oh, my God. Oh, we can't even bunch. count them. <laughs> there yeah. is but you countless. probably see them on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube there is countless. Because we write as well. We write as well, and sometimes we co-write, and then sometimes people just send us songs. And like Brian said, you never know. Like, you, you, you have an instinct. I think we would sound good on this. And then you get you get five guys on there, and it's like mm, this song's more for a solo artist. Yeah. yeah. And then and and it didn't work out, but this one totally. I think that's yeah. also why we uh, waited so long is because you know we're waiting waiting for the right song to come around. You know, and it and it takes it takes time for that. You know, because we're we're analyzing it and we're trying to make sure that it's right that it fits our voices. You know that you know we're we're five part harmony group. You know, we need to be able to sing on the chorus together, like we can drop drop it on the dime you know anywhere and just sing whatever you know a harmony five-part harmony on it so that's what we want to try to do with the songs that we record how do you guys decide who sings which part of this song <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> this used to be way, we fight. This, you know, we fight. back in the day All it right. obviously yes. was much easier i we think um <laughs> you know back in the day there was obviously a formula that you know worked because we were still trying to kind of find ourselves as individuals as a group and it was kind of pretty much up to the producer who was going to sing what and then obviously once we worked with these producers like Max Martin and these guys for multiple albums they knew okay already for this song i can hear how he's singing this verse or Brian doing this bridge or whatever so now it's become kind of a, you know, working with these brand new producers that we've never worked with, like, you know, guys like, you know, Stuart, we each kind of went in and just sang the whole song from top to bottom. And then we just kind of relinquished control and say, okay, you, whatever your vision is, whatever's going to sound the best and make the record the biggest and best that it can be, you make the final call. And it's, it's actually been somewhat of a smooth process, actually. It's just, you know, go in, sing everything down. And then just let it be. I, that's why I said someone. Like, no, I said someone. To be honest, we say let the producer do his job. Then once we hear, we go, "Oh hell no, <laughs> that, that's not right." That's why I said someone. Can I hear my voice on that song? Then we go, then maybe. go back and say, "Okay," after <laughs> fighting enough about it, then we say, "Okay, let the producer do, do yeah. his job." Like we said initially. But is that scary? Because what you said was right. Like you started with no control, really, and you were mm-hmm. kind of told what to do, and then you had more control. And obviously, there's albums that exist throughout your journey that obviously are totally you yep. and less producers. It, but is it scary kind of giving that control back? Because at the end of the day, the world has gotten to know the Backstreet Boys, but nobody knows the Backstreet Boys like, like you guys yeah. know the Backstreet but Boys. But there's something that obviously works. Like, you know, going back to Millennium, Black and Blue, yeah. there was a formula that worked. And, you know, uh, we our, our most recent record in a world like this was the first record that we really were hands-on with. We wrote a good a good chunk of the album or co-wrote, you know, A&R, the project, did everything kind of all in-house. And we all kind of said going into this brand new, you know, album process that we kind of want to go back to what, you know, was. Because if you look at how things happened and, you know, how, how the, you know, albums kind of transpired, 
it obviously worked back then. Mm-hmm. Back with I Want It That Way and yeah. I'll Be The One and Larger Than Life and you know, Quit Playing Games. There was something that obviously worked. So why not go back to that? You have to have trust Mentioning in the producer. Songs that to, I wrote AJ, I love that. You have to have, honestly, <laughs> sure, you got to yes. have trust. You got to have trust in the people who are producing your exactly. music. You know, and I think we got that from Stuart, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, it, we're a unique situation, starting to interrupt you, but we're, we're unique because, you know, we're almost like different colors in a palette, you know what I mean, that someone could play with and, and paint that picture. Because we all have yeah. unique voices that are, you know, different, but also special in itself. You can it's almost like a, a fine boys. line you have to ride. Because <laughs> as we first started, obviously, <clears throat> we were very fresh and new at all this. So having the guidance of the producers, the label, all that stuff was when very we beneficial. We didn't, we didn't we know, you know, we were just developing. But then as you start growing as an artist, obviously you have your own legs that you want to stand on. You yeah. have your own voice that you want to put out there. So that's why I think a lot of artists will say, okay, well, now we want to take control of it. And do what we want to put out there so that way we feel satisfied expressing what we feel in our hearts. Um, But at the same time, I think we've been mature enough to say, okay, you know what? There's a balance of it. Let's definitely have a voice in what we're going to put out there. But at the same time, also respect those who do this professionally and have the ear that sometimes we may not be, since we're so close to it, able to hear. And that is so hard after 25 years. (laughs) I mean, and that's the truth. You know, we... I mean, we there. You got to put your, you check your ego at, at the door, you know, and that's and that can be hard. But we we communicate with each other, and you know, we're able to make it work. Zach Sang Show. I am so sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll just be real quick. Get Quip. It's the best toothbrush out there. I'm obsessed with this thing. It sticks right to my mirror. It's timed out perfectly, so I always know that I'm brushing the right amount. They send me refill heads like every month, and that's not just for convenience. It's for my health. Plus. Quip is an amazing toothbrush. It's electric, and it starts at only 25 bucks, $25 for really the best toothbrush you will ever buy. I got it for Dan, Heather, my mom, my sister, my dad. Oprah uses this toothbrush, so why shouldn't you? Quip, seriously, it's the best. Go to getquip.com slash sang, and you're going to get a toothbrush starting at 25 bucks, and your free refill pack will follow. That's right. You'll get something free if you go to getquip.com slash sang. Try out the Quip toothbrush. You'll love it, but I really want you to tell me what you think. So use it and get back to me. Getquip.com slash sang. Okay, back to the interview. Zach Sang Show. With Don't Don't Go Breaking My Heart, did you ever think about changing the name so it didn't have to compete with Elton John? <laughs> uh, we almost had Baby before. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that was a long, that would be a long title. Baby, a long don't time. go breaking my heart. It's so funny how many people like will be doing interviews and, and someone will bring up the song and they'll sing it. But that song was like what, like forty years ago? I, I don't even know. Loved yeah. that. No, song. and it's a great oh, yeah. song. It's a I, great we had song, the forty-five when I was little, like six years old, and I played that thing over. And but isn't over it crazy how long you know like, people still remember it? That's incredible. Would have been you know? cool is actually on the new album that he did. We had all the other artists remake his songs. If we would have actually made "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," that would have been kind of a cool little story. To Maybe we will. Listen, guys, See? it's all relative. Okay, music comes around; it's in cycles. There's only so it's many lyrics. Like yeah, right. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, only, those are, there's only so many chord progressions that you can put together yeah. and write a song. Only so, so many words in the dictionary. You know. One more one more thing I wanted to add to the, the conversation about, you know, who sings what and, and how do we divide that up. A lot of times, too, if you have too many voices, like if you switch like literally every three or four lines to a different lead singer, it can pull you out of the song Great. like it takes you out of it because you're like just getting used to that tone and that voice mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden boom you're on to oh who's this so sometimes you have to keep that in mind as well it's like bone thugs and harmony 
But, but, that, but with you guys, right? It's it's about how they all flow together and yeah. how they match. Yeah, yeah. So, and who sounds good coming after the other? You know, whose tones match? Exactly. Yeah. And there was a set when you were making your earlier albums. Every you knew your parts, like as you would break down the song, because you right. knew how those vocals would be layered and flow into one another. Exactly. You understood. Oh, yeah. It. There yeah. Was a AJ, science behind it. In, in harmonies, AJ and I normally cover the baritone, bass, mid, low harmony parts, and and Howie and Brian and Nick do the higher parts. You know, uh, we had a musician, Charlie Puth. Have you heard of him? Oh, yeah. Uh, friends, uh, friends with him. Char- What'd you say, Charlie? Charlie Poo. <laughs> heard of him? Uh, he's a really good guy. And he, one of the first interviews we ever did together, he brought up one of your records or the way you would create records. If you kept it, you know, in a range, right, that both men and females could sing at concerts, like he, th- that w- is what inspired how he makes some of his songs. Yeah. Because you guys mm. keep it within a certain range so yeah. everybody can sing it. And it That's doesn't true. sound like crap at a concert. That's right. true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, makes sense. No, if if, yeah. if, if if the male and females can sing mm-hmm. along, then you know you're in the ballpark. There. Do, you, do you remember your first day in studio with Max Martin? Yep. Yeah. Well, can you describe it for me? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of cigarette smoke. <laughs> yes. I thought my eyes were going to burn out because he was chain smoking like a fiend. Um, him and Dennis. Him and Dennis Pop. Uh, rest his soul. Um, yeah. So we went to Sweden. It was our was our first time out of the country together as a group and we went over there we were over there for about what a week and a half two weeks like two weeks the first time we went over at Sharon Studios in Stockholm and um, you know we were bright eyed and bushy tailed and and we knew the success that they had had from Ace of Bass Mm -hmm. that record had just in the US alone I think it had sold 24 million albums the Ace of Bass record I had it and we were bumping that I was bumping that. Oh, wow. And then, so, um, you know, Dennis come, he was a DJ in the clubs in Stockholm, and that's the background that he came from. And I just remember hearing the demos uh, the first time we heard... And the, and the drum loops that he had under that. And I just remember, I was like, this is... this." It's funky. <laughs> this is going to be... I, I was so was excited. Hard. I was so excited. And, you know, just figuring out yeah. who's going to sing what because they were getting to know us. The first time we met them both, uh, it was at a, a restaurant and they were sitting outside. So it was a street side restaurant that had outside seating right on the edge of the street. And we walked up and introduced East. ourselves East. and we sang a cappella for them right there. <clears throat> we wanted to impress them. We're like, hey, we came to work. Here we are, and we drop some like boys to men on them or something. Nice. Like, well, because that's shy you, or Jodeci or that's what you are. You're not a boy band. You're a harmony group. Well, yeah, that's what we like to say. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but then somehow we got boy band thrown on there. We're but it's all good. Band. Call us whatever you, you want. Just band. call us. You know. <laughs> Just give us a call. I get my mantras number. We'll do by mitzvahs. You know. What do you learn from your first two albums that sticks with you today? Our first two albums. Yeah. Wow. Let's go back. I mean, I mean it uh, depends. Stack and harmonies, production, vocal production. Um, I, you know what? I would say what sharing is caring. What's What's interesting <laughs> is like back back in like the nineties to like late nineties, if you were able to have a sophomore record, yeah. that was like Huge. that was it. And for us to be able to have a sophomore record, which was our biggest record, which was Millennium, that to me kind of personally made me feel pretty confident that things are going to be okay and that it's not just a flash in the pan because you just don't know i mean when 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 we first tried to launch here in the u.s 
you know, it was grunge, it was Nirvana, it was Dre, it was Snoop. There was no space for anyone like us. And so we spent years over, you know, Europe, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. And then during that time, the Spice Girls and Hanson really kind of opened the doors here. And we came back and things changed drastically, you know? I think for me, it 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 wasn't necessarily the music itself and the process. It was the promotional part of it. It was all the things that went into actually breaking that record and how hard it actually was because there was no social media. No there was none of that internet. There was nothing. And we had to literally go and visit every single radio station, visit every single programmer and shake hands and, you know, Dude, you did all, all around things. the world in a hundred hours. All those things. Yeah. But it was yeah. a grind. There was times when we were literally, uh, I mean, t- jumping on a plane, going to one country and then another one and then another one in, in the same day, you know what I mean? And not getting any sleep. And it was a grind. It really was. Did you guys keep like a journal through the whole thing? Did anybody take notes besides <coughs> mental mental pictures? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um, I have a piece of paper um, and and I have the date written on it. Signed our rec- our first recording contract today, and it's dated and everything. That was in 1994. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's really cool. I will or, never forget. We Damon we had we had just done. Sorry, sorry. Just, <laughs> just before it like leaves my head. Because I, like, I just watched this like two or three nights ago. Um, it was 1999, I believe, and we had just won an MTV award, or maybe 98. And we were doing the uh, the uh, press room after, and the very last question went to you, Kev. And someone said, what do you think about this thing called the internet? And you said... <laughs> I think it. I think it's got a shot, and then the, and, and that you know. Is that like, all he said? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got a shot. It's crazy because should have invested. We should have invested in Yahoo, Google. Uh, dang it! That's a story. He oh well. It. No, I was. I was just gonna answer. You know, back yeah. to back to your question was like, what did we learn from the the first two records? Is that like when you guys do a radio interview and and it you know it gets recorded or it's live or whatever and it's sent out, it's like that's it. You know, the whole world hears it. And for me personally, it was like, once your voice is on that album, like we didn't really know the impact. We had hoped and wished for success and and we wanted to make a career out of this. And and we've we've done a pretty damn good job of that Mm -hmm. being 25 years. And that makes a lot of, you know, a lot of compromises and, and learning along the way. But going back to those first couple of vocals when you deliver them in the studio and then you hear them today 25 years later it's like that's what it was you know and then you're still hearing that that same kid that you're a grown man now that was delivering those vocals and so it's for me it's just a I don't know not to get too deep it's just one of those things that once it's on that record it will forever Forever. be that Mm -hmm. way and and it's just I don't know, it's kind of monumental in a way, but at the same time, you're like, as you grow as an artist, you're like, man, I, I want to I beat that vocal. I can do it better now. Or, damn, it was pretty good back then. I, I, I hope I can do it as good as that. Yeah. You know? like a so time that's capsule. what I think about. Yeah. You know, I think it's about trapped in the moment in time. When you're a lot, I think a lot of artists go through the same head spin, uh, head trip, uh, about as when you're first coming out and you, you want to just get out there as fast as possible, especially back in those days. And you just, you're constantly feeling like you're just paying the dues, paying the dues for that, finally to get that record deal, to get that first single out. And I think for us, I mean, even for us, the way it happened, like where it happened internationally first for us before we came back to America. But I think looking back on it, it's like, I'm glad it happened that way because we really had a chance to get to know and learn 
and you know study and make you know create our our craft that we had to uh, not the right word craft but um we perfected our craft yeah. to be able to finally put a record out because I think a lot of times artists don't realize that once they put that first record out, like Brian's saying, it's out there. Right. And a lot of times, and if you have success, it's full steam. So we were able to make our mistakes. That's <laughs> what he's saying. That was, and, a, that was and, a trial. No, no, no. Even those records are timeless and they're going to last forever. You know, seriously. Those, I mean, those albums. Well, is there anything around. from back in those days that you guys are embarrassed about, like outfits or hair? Oh, or yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Dear, of course. God. What's odd is that we were embarrassed about certain things in the late 90s, and now they're coming back. Now, yeah, exactly. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. No! now it's all. Some of them. Not a lot of them. Some of them have made a comeback and are not going anywhere anytime soon, which is kind of nice. So, yeah. We were trying to be trendsetters back then, and I guess it's now still working, so, you know. Well, AJ, you do look like Guy Fieri in the Drowning Music video. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. You nailed yes, I that do. one. I see, you know what? I was already planning ahead, you know? I, I just, I'm not that good of a cook, so. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still learning. Grilled cheese, got it down, done. What do you think of the boy bands that are out there making music today? You know, you look at K-pop and you look at BTS. Those... Those kids are dancing and like they're they're performing and I and I appreciate that you know um, and look they're you know when One Direction was out and they were doing their thing and other other boy bands you know they it was just great. a different it was a different era you they know they were what I mean? great it's, but they didn't dance they weren't performing right. yeah, they weren't putting great. on a show we were just we were brought up with like it's like a you know the, the full package you know like yeah. the new edition. A new edition the the you know the Janet Jacksons the Michael Jacksons yeah. the you know the the performers like putting on a, a full show and I think that's what's carried us into now because. Not many people can do what we do. It's if you go to time. Vegas, you can see that. Yeah. yeah, it's a different time. You know, for the 90s, it was all about over the top kind of, you know, if you think about Hype Williams videos and all these different things, it, it was about big, big, big. And the kind of generation over the past probably five or six years, it's gone more back to kind of simplified. But still, we've never changed the way we are. Like, we've always stayed in our own lane. And to kind of piggyback on what he's saying, that's exactly, I, I feel, why we're still here and still relevant and still moving forward. Because we've never changed with the times. We've always stayed as who we are. And, 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 and that's ourselves. represented in, in the video. I think you can kind of oh, see that, sure. too. You know, when we're dancing in this yeah. music video, I mean, yeah, we're a little bit older. But, you know, we realize who we are and we're performers. And I think people want to see that, you know. And so we embraced it and we delivered it for them. So that being, you has got to stretch a little more before you dance now. Oh, yeah, yeah, basically. Lots yeah. of yeah. ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, a little. A lot more. But it keeps you in shape. Little, yeah. Body, yeah. body in motion stays in motion. Yeah, yes. you Object so, at rest stays at rest. That's right. So would you guys say you're the greatest boy band of all time? No, no. I wouldn't say that about ourselves. I would no, say no. that about you. you Why would say that? You want. Why would you guys not say that? <laughs> He's a fan. Uh, well, I mean... Well, yeah. that's—I mean—that's a lot to live up to. I mean, you, yeah. when you, you've done a good job. Yeah, but your accolades. But I mean, but I mean, but we're real guys too. You know, that's the thing, and we're always our—we're always going to be our worst critic. You know, if you look at sales and numbers, you know that—that that may be solidified in a hundred and forty million albums sold in a twenty-five-year career. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. But, but there's always—you know—we always want to be better. It's, you know, it's always relative to where we're at at that very moment. And when we sit right here, you know. We got a Vegas residency. We got our 10th album coming out later this year. We got a world tour that starts next year. I wow. mean, that's going to be another two years down the road. We're going to look up and be I'm, together 30 years. And, you know, and hopefully people are still saying that. I think people are fascinated 
by people who actually are artists or, or you know sports stars, people who can actually sustain a career and 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 last a long time. And yeah. and and you know if you look at like. Okay, I use sports analogies, but you know Tom Brady. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Wow, how does he do it?" You know what I mean? And and I, I I'm not comparing ourselves to them necessarily, but I feel like having longevity was always our goal. It totally. was always what we wanted. You know what I mean? And and that's the hardest thing, you know, ever. You know, you're gonna have these highs, you're gonna have these lows. I mean, we are have been riding the lows. You know, now we have. Thank God, we're having like a number one song. You know, everywhere. But you know, people forget. You know, five, six years ago. You know, there was times when you know, nobody even heard of us. So we, we would, dri- Brian would talk about it all the time. We'd drive through a, a Burger King or something like that. And they'd be like, be like hey, are you uh, Brian from the Backstreet Boys? And, and, and he's like, yeah, what are you guys doing? I'm serious. You guys we still just, together? You we guys just still did making a, music? We just did a sold out tour all over Japan. Yeah. We saw, we saw uh, close to 700,000 people in like eight shows in Japan in a matter of of two and a half weeks okay and i fly home and i come in and i i just want a burger so i'm going through the drive-thru and the girl's like hey what are you doing now i'm like god because like, like, we're not getting played like, on radio basically. i was like yeah. i was in tokyo she, yesterday morning she's like you I, want a job yeah. <laughs> are you more no. tested as a group at your highs or at your lows tested oh definitely yeah. lows tested I, I think uh, it's both. Yeah. I think it's definitely both because, you know, if you're at your high, That's a really good question. If you're at your high, you obviously want to try to maintain that as best you can. And if you're at your low, you obviously want to try to rise up. The, the thing about the being at the low is that it's easy to quit when you're yeah. there. You know what I mean? It's easy to say, you know what, you know, forget this. And I'm, I'm no disrespect to other people. I'm sure there's been other people in bands and stuff that have just been like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm. I'm cool. You know, there's nothing else going to happen from this. We don't look at it that way. Yeah. We we are waiting for that next you know moment that, w- where we can strike again. One moment. It's, it's like when I when I when I think of highs and lows, or or I think of like okay, um, like rel- being relative, right? So if you're, I, I would consider being on a high wave. Relative, you're you're being played on radio. You got an album out there that's in the top ten. You got a single in the top ten. You know that's that's being relative. Now, when you're relative, then everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's judging. okay. Everybody's looking. Everybody's judging. Everybody's watching. Everybody's critiquing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all eyes on you. And then when you're maybe on a low, we're still touring. <laughs> We're still selling out wherever, doing whatever, but you don't have all those eyes on you and it's not as much pressure. Yeah. You're kind of under the radar just doing your thing and you're happy. Which is nice. Which is nice. Yeah. But being on that wave is nice too, but it comes with expectations and yeah. pressure and judgment and critiques. And that is yeah. tough. That's, so, so, that's yeah. hard. I think it's, I think it's really both. Um, the way I look at it is you need the lows and you need the highs to to balance that happy medium. I mean, now when you talk to the Backstreet Boys, you're talking to, to five fathers, five husbands. You know, we have other things in life that, yep. that mean, Priorities, yeah. you yeah. know, that, that mean just as much to, to us as our music, if not more. And and that's a that's a balance you know yep. you need those super lows of those moments like nick said where you're like man just forget it you know i'll just go away and disappear and you know i don't need it and i think we've probably all been through that at some point <laughs> yeah. in our lives but at the same time when you get 
on that high and you have that number one song and you know like today and f- for instance today all of our phones are blowing up from yeah. people that we haven't heard of forever hey, man, oh my doing? god hey what's up dude <laughs> uh, <laughs> I showed like, Brian a text message yeah. today and yeah. I was like I was like oh here we go again you know but it's just that happy balance I mean you know it makes you the successes and the defeats they make you smarter they make you more educated and and you just have a have a balance you and it's called it it's called a career yeah when you have yes. highs and lows yeah. it's called a career <laughs> roller coaster now I, I know we don't have time but I want to, can you guys give me like short answers and just run them through real quick no. we are long winded brothers <laughs> I, I know there's oh. five of us <laughs> no that's cool we'll, we'll give you short answers we got it do you guys think you deserve a Grammy back in the day yes yes yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We've been nominated seven times, right? Yeah, yeah. we're like Susan Lucci. Um, are you still surprised people <laughs> debate Backstreet Boys and the Instinct today? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Does on. it make you feel good that you got a Hollywood star in the Walk of Fame before them? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> totally. I thought you were just gonna stop there and like <laughs> yeah. got the star. Period. Uh, before uh, before them, them, that was, after them, that was five years it doesn't ago. Matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not. Thank you for that. Um, do you like the Vegas residency or World Tours better? Both, totally different. Both. 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 both we're we're right missing there. the world tour right now. Totally yeah. different. Though. Are you go I miss being on, on a tour bus. Okay. You know, you have tour buses. I'm assuming you have private planes. <laughs> no. 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 We never got that. We never got that. buses. Here's Just, something. Listen. Even <laughs> when we were at our peak, peak on top of the world, like selling out stadiums. We very rarely took private planes. Yeah. Yeah. They're just very expensive just and we were all money, very frugal. And there's also <laughs> so many of you, to be honest. Yeah. Now and also too, platinum members of American and Delta, though. We put a lot of money into our shows. Yeah. yeah. It's all the money went to our shows. <laughs> that's where it's going. We couldn't afford the planes. Are you okay with sharing your anniversary with marijuana, April 20th? Yeah, I that's love fun. that. Yeah. Kevin loves it. I love that's that. awesome. That's awesome. I just want to say 420 you, baby your first, Every year Your first concert Is always very memorable And you guys were my first concert In 1999 Where at? Awesome. What city? Awesome. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Excellent Eagles baby Philly's been great Which one? Was it electric? No it was the first time You were in like the bigger one Like I don't know what it's called it's probably back Millennium Millennium, was, right? It was the arena. Yeah, it was. I think it was like okay. one of your first arena tours. Yeah. Right but do you remember the Electric yeah. Factory? Yeah, you know that's, still, that's still. I didn't go to that. I was like seven at the time. But yeah, thanks for making us keep it young, <laughs> yeah, bro. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart as a single now, Backstreet Boys. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank thank you. Nick, I'm really happy you like that cat pillow. I love the cat. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.